0: I I don't O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, December 19th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the Feast, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal-clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Shemot, and it means names. Exodus 1, 1 1-17 These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each coming with his household. Reuben, Simon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The total number of persons that were of Jacob's issue came to 70, Joseph already being in Egypt. Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the Israelites were fertile and prolific. They multiplied and increased very greatly, so that the land was filled with them. A new king arose over Egypt, who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, Look, B'nai Israel are too much and too numerous for us. Let us deal shrewdly with them, so that they may not increase. Otherwise, in the event of war, they may join our enemies in fighting against us and rise from the ground. So they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built garrison cities for Pharaoh, Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they increased And spread out so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians ruthlessly imposed upon the Israelites all the various labors that they made them perform. Ruthlessly, they made life bitter for them with harsh labor at mortar and bricks and with all sorts of tasks in the field. The king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named shifra and the other puah saying when you deliver the hebrew women look at the birth stool if it is a boy kill him if it is a girl let her live the midwives fearing hashem did not do as the king of egypt had told them they let the boys live zephaniah 1:1 to 3:20 the word of hashem that came to Zephaniah, son of Cushi, son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, during the reign of King Josiah, son of Amon of Yehudah. I will sweep everything away from the face of the earth, declares Hashem. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea. I will make the wicked stumble, and I will destroy mankind from the face of the earth, declares Hashem. I will stretch up my arm against Judah and against all who dwell in Jerusalem, and I will wipe out from this place every vestige of Baal, and the name of the priestlings along with the Kohanim, and those who bow down on the roofs to the host of heaven, and those who bow down and swear to Hashem, but also swear by Malcolm. And those who have forsaken HaShem, and those who have not sought HaShem, and have not turned to Him, be silent before my God. For the day of HaShem is approaching, for HaShem has prepared a sacrificial feast, and has bidden His guests to purify themselves. And on the day of HaShem's sacrifice, I will punish the officials, and the king's sons, and all who don a foreign vestment. I will also punish on that day everyone who steps over the threshold, who fill their master's palace with lawlessness and fraud. In that day there shall be, declares Hashem, a loud outcry from the fish gate, and howling from the Mishnah, and a sound of great anguish from the hills. The dwellers of the Maktesh howl, for all the tradesmen have perished, all who weigh silver are wiped out. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who rest untroubled on their leaves, who say to themselves, "Hashem will do nothing, good or bad. Their wealth shall be plundered, and their homes laid waste. They shall build houses and not dwell in them, plant vineyards, and not drink their wine. The great day of Hashem is approaching, approaching most swiftly. Hark! the day of Hashem it is bitter. There a warrior shrieks, And that day shall be a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of calamity and desolation, a day of darkness and deep gloom, a day of densest clouds, a day of shofar blasts and alarms against the fortified towns and the lofty corner towers. I will bring distress on the people, And they shall walk like blind men, because they sinned against Hashem. Their blood shall be spilled like dust, and their fat like dung. Moreover, their silver and gold shall not avail to save them. On the day of Hashem's wrath, in the fire of His Passion, the whole land shall be consumed. For He will make a terrible end of all who dwell in the land. Gather Together Gather, O nation, without shame. Before the day the decree is born, the day flies by like chaff. Before the fierce anger of Hashem overtakes you, before the day of anger of Hashem overtakes you, seek Hashem. All you humble of the land who have fulfilled His law, seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will find shelter on the day of Hashem's anger. Indeed, Gaza shall be deserted and Ashkelon desolate, Ashdod's people shall be expelled in broad daylight, and Ekron shall be uprooted. Ah, nation of Cherethites who inhabit the seacoast! There is a word of Hashem against you, O Canaan, land of the Philistines. I will lay you waste without inhabitants. The seacoast of Cherith shall become an abode for shepherds and folds for flocks, and shall be a portion for the remnant of the house of Yehudah. On these pastures they shall graze their flocks. They shall lie down at eventide in the houses of Ashkelon, for Hashem their God will take note of them and restore their fortunes. I have heard the insults of Moab and the jeers of the Ammonites who have insulted my people, And gloated over their country. Assuredly, as I live, declares the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Moab shall become like Sodom, and the Ammonites like Gomorrah, clumps of weeds and patches of salt, and desolation evermore. The remnant of my people shall plunder them. The remainder, O my nation, shall possess them. That is what they'll get for their haughtiness, for insulting and jeering at the people of the Lord of hosts. Hashem will show himself terrible against them, causing all the gods on earth to shrivel, and all the coastlands of the nation shall bow down to him, every man in his own home. You Cushites too, they shall be slain by my sword. And he will stretch out his arm against the north and destroy Assyria, He will make Nineveh a desolation, arid as the desert. In its flocks shall lie down every species of beast, while jackdaws and owls roost on its capitals. The great owl hoots in the window, and the raven croaks on the threshold. For he has stripped its cedar-work bare. Is this the gay city that dwelt secure, that thought in her heart, I am, and there is none but me? Alas! She has become a waste, a lair of beasts. Everyone who passes by her hisses and gestures with his hand. Ah, sullied and polluted, overbearing city. She has been disobedient and has learned no lesson. She has not trusted in Hashem and has not drawn near to her God. The officials within her are roaring lions. Her judges are wolves of the steppe. They leave no bone until morning. Her nevi'im are reckless, faithless fellows. Her kohanim profane what is holy. They give perverse rulings. But Hashem in her midst is righteous. He does no wrong. He issues judgment every morning, as unfailing as the light. The wrongdoer knows no shame. I wiped out nations. Their corner towers are desolate. I turned their thoroughfares into ruins, with none passing by. Their towns lie waste without people, without inhabitants. And I thought that she would fear me, would learn a lesson, and that the punishment I brought on them would not be lost on her. Instead, all the more eagerly they have practiced corruption in all their deeds. But wait for me, says Hashem. For the day when I arise as an accuser, when I decide to gather nations, to bring kingdoms together, to pour out my indignation on them, all my blazing anger, indeed, the fire of my passion, all the earth, shall be consumed. For then I will make the peoples pure of speech, so that they invoke Hashem by name and serve Him with one accord. From beyond the rivers of Cush, my suppliants shall bring offerings to me in fair Puzai. In that day you will no longer be shamed for all the deeds by which you have defied me, for then I will remove the proud and exultant within you, and you will be haughty no more on my sacred mount. But I will leave within you a poor humble folk, and they shall find refuge in the name of Hashem. The remnant of Israel shall do no wrong and speak no falsehood. A deceitful tongue shall not be in their mouths. Only such as these shall graze and lie down, with none to trouble them. Shout for joy, fair Zion. Cry aloud, O Israel. Rejoice and be glad with all your heart, fair Jerusalem. Hashem has annulled the judgment against you. He has swept away your foes. Israel's sovereign Hashem is within you. You need fear, misfortune, no more. In that day, this shall be said to Jerusalem, Have no fear, O Zion, let not your hands droop. Your God, Hashem, is in your midst. He will rejoice over you and be glad. He will shout over you with jubilation. He will soothe you with His love. Those long disconsolate I will take away from you the woe over which you endured mockery. At that time I will make an end of all who afflicted you, and I will rescue the lame sheep and gather the strayed, and I will exchange their disgrace for fame and renown in all the earth. At that time I will gather you, and at that time I will bring you home for I will make you renowned and famous among all the peoples on the earth when I restore your fortunes before their very eyes, says Hashem. Revelation 10, 1-11 And I, John, saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. And a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was, as it were, the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roars. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swore by him that lives for ever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he has declared to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again, and said, Go and take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel, which stands upon the sea and upon the earth, And I went to the angel and said to him, Give me the little book. And he said to me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make your belly bitter, but it shall be in your mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said to me, You must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. psalm 138 1 to 8 i will praise you with my whole heart before the gods will i sing praise to you i will worship toward the holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth for you have magnified your word above all your name in the day when i cried you answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet has he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knows afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You shall stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of your own hands. Proverbs 30, 11-14 There is a generation that curses their father and does not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives, to devour the poor from off the earth, and the needy from among men. I want to speak to you today from the book of Zephaniah. Again, it's an, a short little book, just three chapters, one of the minor prophets tucked away in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures. And the introduction to this book from the Israel Bible is very good. I'm going to share that with you. Introduction to Zephaniah. The ninth of the Tre Asar, Zephaniah, describes the last of the 12 prophets to speak before Judah's final disintegration and dissolution by Babylon at the end of the 7th century B.C., In the year 638 BC, the young child Josiah ascended the throne of Judah. For over half a century under his grandfather, Manasseh, Judah was a subservient vassal to the Assyrian Empire and lost most vestiges of its sovereignty, including its religious autonomy. Instead of the pure worship of God, Manasseh brought Assyrian idols and cultic practices into Judah and even into the Beit HaMikdash, the temple itself. In the country, rich courtiers profited from the toil of the oppressed citizens. However, by the time Josiah comes to power, Assyrian influence is on the wane, the young child king senses that the moment is right to remove all vestiges of foreign rule from the country, engaging in the most comprehensive religious and political reform that Judah has ever seen. Within two decades, the righteous Josiah will rule over a country as big as that of David and Solomon. Among those guiding him was the prophet Zephaniah, about whom we know little. Zephaniah speaks about how the people of God must live in righteousness, which involves respecting the needs of the poor and engaging in genuine worship. Otherwise, he warns, Hashem is preparing a day of judgment, a day of Hashem. It is up to the people to decide whether that judgment will befall them or their enemies. The book contains five sections in its three chapters. Chapter 1 warns about the approach of divine judgment on the world, including Judah. Chapter 2 repeats the warning for other countries, including Judah. Chapter 3 then begins with Judah's call to judgment, continues with Hashem's punishment, and concludes with the prophet urging Zion and Israel to rejoice. For after the judgment, God's care and love for them will become evident to all. Now let's actually jump into the book itself. And there are some verses in there that really give a time marker to it as to what time frame it is speaking to because it's prophetic and uh, let's look at chapter 1 verse 15 that day shall be a day of wrath a day of trouble and distress a day of calamity and desolation a day of darkness and deep gloom a day of densest clouds what day is that speaking of It is speaking about the day of the Lord. It is speaking about the great tribulation period, which is three and a half years long, 1260 days, or 42 months. It is also known as the day of Jacob's trouble, the time of Jacob's trouble. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The Hebrew name of Israel's Holocaust Remembrance Day, Yom HaShoah, comes from this verse. When describing the devastating destruction of Jerusalem, Zephaniah refers to that day as Yom Showa Umishowa, a day of calamity and desolation. Yom HaShoah was established by the Knesset in memory of the six million Jews murdered by the Nazis during World War II. It coincides with the anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, remembering not only the destruction of European Jewry, but also the heroic revolt, which serves as a symbol of defiance against oppression. Yom HaShoah is a commemorated in Israel with a siren that is sounded in the morning, bringing everyone, even highway traffic, to a standstill for a minute of silence and memory of those who perished in the Holocaust. Memorial services are held throughout the country, and entertainment establishments are closed in the evening to focus on the solemnness Of the day. Now let's jump into chapter 2, verse 3. Seek Hashem, all you humble of the land who have fulfilled his law. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will find shelter on the day of Hashem's anger. And the Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The humble of the land are the few who rejected idolatry, quietly serving God in the land of Israel, despite the hardships. Zephaniah encourages them to continue their loyalty to HaShem, despite the decree of destruction and exile soon to take effect. He uses the command, Seek, three times. To seek the Lord. To seek righteousness. And to seek humility. The three go together. One cannot seek God without striving for righteousness or without behaving with humility, since the way we treat others automatically affects how we treat God. If they continue to seek out Hashem, perhaps you will find shelter on the day of Hashem's anger. Zephaniah teaches that the safest refuge from God's anger is with Hashem Himself. Now let's look at chapter 3, verse 9. Let's back up and start with verse 8. But wait for me, says Hashem, for the day when I arise as an accuser, when I decide to gather nations, to bring kingdoms together, to pour out my indignation on them, all my blazing anger. Indeed, by the fire of my passion, all the earth shall be consumed. Verse 9 For then I will make the peoples pure of speech, so that they all invoke Hashem by name and serve Him with one accord. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The prophet describes how in the future all the nations of the world will have pure speech. Safa Brurah Ezra, among other commentators, maintains that the pure speech that Zephaniah promises is the language of Hebrew, and that in future times the whole world will begin to learn Hebrew, the language of creation. Biblical Hebrew is known as Lashon HaKodesh, the holy language. The Maharal writes that each language reflects the essence of the nation who speaks it. Since the Jewish people are a holy people, They speak the holy language, and since it is holy and pure, it contains no vulgar or shameful words. The Rambam adds that what makes this language holy is that it is the language with which God speaks with his prophets and his nation. This verse is another incredible example of an obscure prophecy that has come to prominent fruition in our generation as millions of people all over the world, both Jews and Gentiles, are learning Hebrew in order to speak Lashon HaKodesh. And finally, let's look at chapter 3, verse 17. For your God, Hashem, is in your midst, a warrior who brings triumph. He will rejoice over you. And be glad. He will shout over you with jubilation. He will soothe you with his love. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows Zephaniah describes the results of Hashem's judgment in triumphant terms. Having removed evil from the world, he will allow the remnant of Israel to live safely in its land, knowing that God dwells among the people of Israel in the land of Israel. HaShem Himself will rejoice and sing when He sees His people dwelling in the land without fear of evil. The phrase, Yakarish Bahavato, translated here as, He will soothe with His love, literally means that God will be silent in His love. The wording intrigues many. Rashi suggests that the message behind these words is that in His love, HaShem will be silent. Even should Israel sin again. Sometimes the greatest demonstration of love in a relationship is when one side can ignore the shortcomings of the other. And we will close with that very beautiful thought. Have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai do na ha vi sh muraka vikunneka Isa Adonai, Naav Elka, Vayesel Elka, Elka. Shalom.